Kelly, we have a big announcement this week. We have an announcement about an announcement. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it must be a big announcement if there's an announcement about it. I mean, we're going to announce something. So, so, okay. Coming up on the show, the announcement, Um, a tale from my box, the AAF's decision on who gets to be a woman on the track. Can Daniela be beat? And a New York Times story about a sweet bus after this. Kelly, I finally got my shipment of noon up here in Canada, and I am so excited. The last couple days, I've been going to CrossFit with Noon Hydration Sport watermelon flavor, and I have been loving it so far. But I want to know from you, what product should I try next? Okay, so you're trying the tablet. So the Sport tablet is the one you drop in your water bottle. They also have an immunity tablet for you know when you're feeling sick that you can drop in your water bottle. And I've been trying the, or been using the Noon Rest which is for recovery and relaxation. It's like chamomile flavored. It has magnesium and potassium in it. Uh, you like drink it before you go to bed. Helps you recover well. You sleep great. It's fantastic. Okay, awesome. I'm totally going to try that tonight. Okay, if anyone at home wants to try, go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off. So Iron Women is our sister podcast. Noonlife, N-U-U-N, life.com. Give it a try. Live Feisties If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisty's If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race it Okay, so Iron Man announced this week that they're going to have a big press conference this weekend, Sarah, at St. George, announcing the future of Iron Man in St. George. Right, so last week, we, we kind of joked about how Iron Man makes announcements about their announcements. Um, so this is, I mean, this is kind of the same. Okay, so, but I know that you have some um, well, speculation yes. about what this announcement might be. I don't even know if it's speculation. I'm pretty sure I'm just right, right? Because why? Okay. Why would you have a press conference announcing the future of Iron Man in St. George? You're not going to have a press conference to announce that you're killing the race because that would be a fucking stupid. I mean, even Iron Man is not that stupid, right? You're not going to bring back the full distance race. Not at this point. Not when they just announced. They just announced that they will be announcing a new Iron Man in the middle of the country. So I was sitting here, Sarah, trying to figure out why on earth would they be announcing a press conference? And then I realized. And then you realized. The 2021 70.3 World Championships were narrowed down to Chattanooga or St. George. So what do you think they'll be announcing on Saturday, Friday, Saturday? That it's in Chattanooga? Definitely. They're definitely going to go to St. George (laughs) to announce that it's in Chattanooga. (laughs) 
So yeah, you heard it here, guys. I'm announcing. I thought they already had it in Chattanooga. They did two, two or three years, which is why on Friday they will be announcing that the 2021 70.3 World Championships will be in St. George. It's going to be a hella um, hilly race for a 70.3 World Champs. I mean, I think that's great, right? Because go on tour cyclists for 2021. Didn't they have it in St. George before? No, they had it in Vegas slash Henderson, which is like near there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I think this is a good thing. I, I like uh, difficult courses. Iron Man often shies away from it and ends up canceling all their Ironmans that are on hard courses. So I am happy for this announcement, this that, announcement. We are, that we are announcing here on the podcast. Let's hope we're right. I felt kind of bad about ruining their announcement, Sarah. <laughs> don't feel bad. I, I'm telling you, don't feel bad because they know, obviously they know that they've, and they're trying to, like I said to you before the show, they're trying to create buzz. Right? Well, I think they're trying so, to get people to show up at their press conference. You can't have a press conference without telling people you're going to have a press conference without the press. Right. right? <laughs> so yeah, I think they're trying to create buzz and we've created it for them. There you so, go. They should be thanking us. You don't I have mean, to feel bad. I mean, every week basically. <laughs> so I hear okay. you have a tale, a tale from your box, which is obviously the most hotly anticipated segment on the show. That's right. I heard from a few people actually this weekend this past weekend in Texas, who told me that they like Tales from My Box. And I try to come up with some good ones. And I can't believe I, I, after people said this to me, I thought about it. I thought, are there any stories that I've missed? Right. And, and I thought like, of probably, probably, probably. Yeah. So male listeners might want to shut their ears on this one though. Or but whatever. Think, or whatever. Or you can find out things you really didn't need to know about the female sporting experience. So this is a tale from my box that is true to the meet both meanings of box. Okay. <laughs> one time. When during a workout at CrossFit, at CrossFit at my box, I realized that halfway through the workout that like my tampon had full on exited from its position, (laughs) like not like halfway out. You know, sometimes you get that like, right. I was skipping. Did I mention that? I was skipping. There's a lot of skipping in this workout. Maybe you're not like skipping, right? Do you feel like I should have a... (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't think if you're skipping, things should be coming out is all I'm saying. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of downward, like momentum, what do you call it? Like gravitational force. There's like, (laughs) you know, like when you run, how it's like the force is like multiple times your body weight as if like, it's like, it feels like that force (laughs) It's like pulling, I don't know, somehow in effect. I thought maybe you were going to go the direction of saying I wasn't like holding my core together enough. Like somehow I need to do my kegels to keep a tampon in. It's probably true too. Hmm, that might be a good, but so anyway, what did so you was, do? what did I do? Well, then I had the decision of whether I was going to like finish the workout, right. Or go to the bathroom and sort out this situation. Right? And, and, and so, okay, it all comes, it all comes down to the tights I was wearing. Right. <laughs> I was wearing like thick black tights. Right. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm finishing the workout. So I finished the workout and then I sorted out my situation. So that's how committed I am to CrossFit. It's how committed you are to CrossFit. This is why you're going to become a CrossFit star. This is why you're going to be the 80th best Canadian woman between 40 and 44. That's right. I'm going for the top 100 next year in the open. Exactly. In Canada, 40 to 44. So big goals. Hashtag big goals. <laughs> there was a girl in my high school one year who skipped everywhere. Um, it was like a thing. It was her thing. And I'm now I'm wondering if this ever happened to her while she was just skipping down the hall, just skipping along. 
I don't know. I feel okay. Like it's a little okay. What was I gonna say? I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue that my skipping is more hardcore. You are like aggressively you skipping. Is you what you're like saying? Double unders. It's like um, you like a little more height, a little more force. Oh, you were jumping rope. Yes. Not oh, like I, la la la, oh, like skipping like with a see, basket to my grandma's Canadian house. Canadian terms. See, now we're gonna have to have a whole argument about whether skipping means like skipping, like down the road or skipping means jumping rope you call when, skipping jumping rope yes you are jumping that is jump rope you are jumping rope you are okay, I, was, I wasn't skipping because there's no there's no like skipping like your version of skipping in crossfit that i know right of. that's why i was like why are you frolicking through a meadow what? in crossfit <laughs> You were confused by that story. Oh, that's amazing. I bet other listeners were confused. Exactly. Okay, so now we have a real, we have a legit, another legit language query. Guys, is skipping, you know, skipping or is it jumping rope? Because okay, to be <laughs> fair, if you said jumping rope, I would know what you meant. Right. Because so, I'm talking the correct way. Okay. So there's <laughs> p- three categories of people. There's people who call it skipping, who call it jump rope, or who, who would go, could go either way. So we want to hear from you. If you said skipping rope, that also, to be clear, would have made sense. But right, I was doing double unders. That also is, would have made sense. The rope goes under your feet two times per jump. Okay. Now, okay. Who, this is going to be the great debate of 2019. Anyway, moving on from Sarah's <laughs> box. On. How about some real news? Real news. <laughs> Other boxes. So today, which is Wednesday, the... I can't remember the name of the court. The court of arbitration for sport ruled yes. on the case. And we keep referring to it as the Castro Semenya case, but it's the case about whether or not about like who gets to be a woman essentially. But the whole point is that some women, obviously there are people who fall 100%, like all, like all markers of female femininity. And there are people who fall 100% on the side of masculinity. And then there are people, there's actually like a large number of people who kind of have, they're now being called like, differential sex disorders, whatever in the middle differences. Um, and that can range from, we were talking about this before that can range from like, you have all of the chromosomes like XXY and they just like, don't like it's actually often there's a whole condition where the male doesn't present at all, but you have the Y chromosome, but you actually look like super feminine. The testosterone never actually exhibits or presents in your body. There's conditions where you can be born with both genitalia, but like one can be internal and you like would never know. You might like appear slightly more masculine. You might not, but you would never know. You would just think you were a woman. Um, So there's all kinds. Those are just a few. There are many kinds if you go back and look at the history of this. So the point was that this has come up throughout the Olympics, like who is a woman who is throughout not Olympic history, throughout Olympic history. And, and, and they, though some of the previous ways they tested who women were like, they, they like come, measured the clit, like and if it was like clit. too long over a certain size, like then you weren't, I don't, which is, like, that's then, not invasive at all. Yeah. That was like, great. And then there was the yeah. whole period where if you had the Y chromosome, you technically weren't a woman, which everyone thought was like way more scientific, but then it turns out that there actually are people who are like are women like they never would have thought they weren't women right this isn't like a case of i had a mistake you know i am going through a transition they literally had no idea and then turns out they had the y chromosome and now we're at the point where this whole case is around women who have always identified as women compete as women have never not been women uh having higher levels of testosterone for various genetic born reasons right and so just, th- just 
they do, not because they're taking drugs. And so the case, the court ruled that the international body for track can require these women to lower, to take drugs that lower their testosterone levels to within like an appropriate female range. Like there's essentially a defined range that is now a women range for testosterone. And the really weird part is that this only applies to certain events, like the 400 to the mile, I believe, because there was never any science to demonstrate that testosterone had an effect in the other events, which is also weird. That is weird, actually, because I would think that having more testosterone would be an advantage for men in like the 5,000 and the 10,000, et cetera. So this was the whole, this was Castro Semenya is the person who brought this case because they essentially people were like, she looks too masculine. She's winning too much. She must not be a woman. And then it kind of launched this whole new version of sex testing where we're just drawing another line. Only this time the line is testosterone. I have some thoughts. I'm sure you have some thoughts. Oh, I have some some feelings. Like why does science get to decide who's a woman? Well, starters. Yeah. I mean, if you look at just, just the way we just talked about, like science decided that length of clit was going to be the decider. Science decided that your chromosomes were going to be the decider. Now science is on the testosterone bandwagon. I feel like there's some good accuracy there, but like, I can tell you that in another, I don't know how many, 20, 100 years, we're going to have even more science that tells something else about male and female physiology. Right. Like, I don't think I like testosterone is not the defining marker that makes someone a man or a woman. And even like the reason that it only applies for the 400 of the mile is because the international governing body for track went and really tried to find the science really like, this is so obvious. Testosterone's the big difference between men and women. We're going to prove it. And they couldn't fucking prove it. Okay. So like, if it's so Mm. obvious, they would have been able to prove it across the board and they couldn't, they could only prove it like that. There was some advantage in these distances, which is weird. But the issue I have, Sarah is the practicality issue, which is even the court when they rule today that you're allowed to, that the track is allowed to require athletes to take drugs to lower their natural testosterone. Even the court said the practicalities of making people comply with this, they have concerns because here's what I think is weird. You show up, like think of a race. Obviously this is not how the Olympics works, but you show up at registration. You're like, here's my ID. They like check your name. They check your birthday. They're like, okay, you're a woman. You're 23. Like you're, and they like hand you your bib. Is that fucking volunteer going to be like, well, she doesn't look enough like a woman off to sex testing for you. Like, that's what doesn't make any sense. Like if everything says, like if all of your documents match up, like match up and everything, like you've always been a woman and like we all, and you've always lived as a woman, then how is this fucking random poor volunteer going to be the one who's like, well, she looks too manly. I think that's the part that's like super bizarre to me is how are you going to practically like require, who are you going to require? And then when you get down to that, you can see how it gets super weird, super quickly, super weird, super quickly in the judging of like who is going to have to have like extra testing because there's probably been people for decades. I mean, there had not probably there have been people for decades and decades and decades that fell outside the binary definitions. Mm-hmm. There's like I told you I heard once it was like 10 percent of people that kind of fall somewhere in the middle genetically, biologically in these various ranges of different kinds of things that you can be born with. There's been people all through history and you never knew, like you don't know. So like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And part of the issue with Castor is that she's performing so well. Right. Right. Like if, if she was not winning racing races and dominating as she does, 
no one would pay attention. They, they might still, because people tend to do this, be terrible. They might still talk about how masculine she looks, but they, they really, you wouldn't be like dragging her through all this sex testing. Right. And so I think that's part of, like, I think there are probably a lot of people in sport who, you know, who have, or a lot of women in sport who have high testosterone because it is like, it's a natural selector. Right. Like you're going to be better at it if you have more testosterone, like because the testosterone does matter. That's going to be one of the things that matters. It indicates performance or your ability to perform. And so you're going to end up with like more, a bigger percentage of women who have higher testosterone doing certain sports in general anyway. So casters just tends to be like on the far side of this scale. But like, yeah, you're right. It's like how, who who gets to decide even at an Olympic level, like even if you're not registering for your local race, like who gets to decide who we're like dragging out to test their testosterone. That's, that's just weird. It's weird. I get that. Like they're going, obviously Olympic athletes are tested regularly, obviously at a professional level, like there's more of an infrastructure for this, but this comes up over and over when you start talking about like trans policy and, and participating in the Boston Marathon, which is totally different to be super clear, like in terms of the person, like a trans person and an intersex person are not the same. Let's not confuse them. But we get into this issue and people are like, well, how can they allow trans runners at the Boston Marathon or at Ironman? Ironman has a trans policy that's a little that requires like proof. And I just keep thinking about going and registering for an Ironman and that volunteer being like, well, I don't know. You don't look like a, like, it just seems bizarre. Well, and that's the thing, right? I think we sometimes imagine, like we sometimes imagine people to look like that, that, a, that a woman's going to look a certain way or that a trans woman's going to look a certain way. But like people don't like fully transitioned people a lot of them you would have no idea yeah so i get i do on the other i do understand this desire to be like well it's a sporting category just like we have weight categories or whatever and we have to draw a line somewhere and everybody on this side of the line has to compete in that category and everybody on this side of the line has to compete in that category and otherwise if we don't this is the argument ways, if we don't protect women's sport then it will, you know, be corrupted and men are just going to take it over. Like, I understand this desire to draw a line somewhere. It just feels like a solution searching for a problem. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, I think if, yeah, I, I just don't think, yeah, I don't think the fear is real. Like, I don't think, I don't think men are going to take over women's sport. Maybe if we get to the point that women's sports are super, super profitable sure. and like everywhere and you would rather like, and, and it would be way more beneficial to be a female athlete than a male athlete than like, holy shit, then we might have to like really weigh this. True. That's so true. Okay. Can I do a little plug for the summit? Okay. <laughs> since we're on, since we're on this topic. Okay. This is, that's not even really a plug listeners. This is like a preview that I'm not even supposed to tell. And when, when my co-founder of the Outspoken Summit, Lisa, listens to this, she's probably going to have her head in her hands going, why are you saying this <laughs> on the podcast already? But <laughs> we have um, Rachel McKinnon. Do you know who she is? Yes. Yes. So Rachel McKinnon is a trans cyclist. She's also an academic who studies trans athletes and inclusion in depth. She's doing a presentation, a, one of our keynote speeches. And then we're having actually a panel just around the issue of like, sex and gender in sport in general and inclusion. So after that, so we're like di deep diving into this topic at the outspoken summit this year. So okay, good. in November in Arizona that we are launching fingers crossed next week. So, so everybody sign up. You heard it here first. You heard it Making here an first. announcement that there's going to be an announcement next week. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, and last week, though, you and Ashley were at Ironman Texas mm-hmm. doing all your Iron Women live coverage. Mm-hmm. So you saw it live in person, Sarah. Eyes on the prize. Here's my question. Can Daniela eventually be beat? Yes. Yes. By who? Oh, I don't know that. Oh, well. But, but so okay, here's what I do know is that whoever beats her is going to believe that she can beat her. <laughs> Right. That's true. Which sounds kind of stupid, but actually if you have a whole, like we have a whole generation of pro women right now who like 99% of them don't believe they can beat Daniela. So once we start to see like some, it might help to see chinks in her armor or like when people, or we just have some more like confident, cocky people coming through, um, who knows, but when people start believing they can beat her, she will be beat. Um, do you want to sum up for us a little bit what happened this weekend that made us realize maybe Daniela can be beat? Okay. So I, I actually, I have like some inside information because I, yeah, I stayed um, in the same homestay with Jocelyn McCauley who before the race was definitely thinking she can beat her. And we had, we had Jocelyn and I actually had quite a a long talk. I know she's a podcast listener. So hi Jocelyn. Um, (laughs) That we had quite a long talk about like the mentality of thinking you can beat someone like that sometimes you have to not necessarily beat someone or thinking you can win like whatever that thing is for you right right you can come first is like you have to start thinking it before you really believe it right and that there's like it's a series of like choices to talk yourself into it too so definitely i see like jocelyn was like on the road like i'd say if i was gonna name it she's she's probably gonna come back to me and be like that's not true. But if I was going to name what I saw in talking to her, like she was someone who was like on the scale, like around 70 or 80% thinking she could beat her. Like she had done some of the mental work to like imagine herself beating Daniela, imagine her game plan, imagine herself riding with her and knowing, like you said in the newsletter, like Daniela can be beat in the swim and Daniela can be beat on the run. Right. Right. So if you're a good runner and you come off the bike with her, you have a good chance of winning that race. So uh, Jocelyn had had done the work in terms like the mental work of of preparing herself to go out and try to win that race. And so that is that's why she finished within two minutes of her. I was gonna say you're like totally like just assuming everyone listening watched Iron Man Texas and knows how oh, it ended and what happened. I was giving you an opportunity to explain it to them and you just woo, went right just past that. Dove right in. You want me to say what happened now? Well maybe. Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> there was a pack of three in the swim that came out together who actually ended up first, second, third. It was Daniela. Oh, yeah. Jocelyn got right on her feet in the swim and Jeannie Seymour, Jeannie Seymour, third out of the water. So they swam as a pack off the front and they got on the bike and uh, Jocelyn just like stayed with her basically like a legal distance behind for the entire ride. And that was her plan. And she like went past her towards the end to get into like, not just like right at the end, but like 10 K or something like that. I don't even remember. 10 K is pretty much right at the end. Whatever. But like that was kind of her plan just to mark her you know, like to ride legally, but to, to stay there. And then Jocelyn came out of transition, just like flying. Like she was flying. Her and Kim came together. I don't know why Daniela took so long a transition. I still don't have answers for that. But we were like, where's Daniela? It was kind of strange. And then, you know, another like, so she literally put those two minutes into her, like Pretty half perfect. of it at least, like right at a transition, right in transition. Yeah. And then, I mean, Daniela didn't, make the pass back until like four miles to go. And it wasn't, I mean, it was close. Like 
Jocelyn ran like a 259 and Daniela ran like a 257. So these aren't like, it wasn't, it was close. Like you can, not you, not you or me. People can run faster than that. Like there are people like it could have gone the other way. Like it could, it it's possible. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you could see, like, you could see that Daniela was suffering. Like it was clear that she was like, she was not having a great day. You could, afterwards she said she was having trouble getting some nutrition in and didn't surprise me because the way she looked like she looked beatable. Right. Right. And um, I know, and it's like one of those things where it's like, obviously like shit happens on any given day. Obviously like this wasn't like a super big target race for her, though it's big enough. Like she fucking came to the US. I always think it's weird when people downplay whatever, but a race mm-hmm. is a race. And on any given race day, someone could beat her. Exactly. We've seen this happen before though, with other people who everyone thought was unbeatable. And then eventually someone beats them. Except like, Chrissy who <sighs> retired before she could be beat, but eventually Which, it wouldn't. Maybe happened. that's the way to go. You know, I feel like it happens often in women's sports though, because, because women's sports, you know, because history, right. And catching up. And so you get these like big jumps where somebody makes a big improvement scientifically training wise whatever and then every like no one thought that was possible then everyone kind of like catches up to that and then there's like someone makes another big jump yeah the jumps are bigger in women's sport for sure i like tried to see if there was some research on this because i like we know it to be true like we see it but there hasn't really been research on it as far as i'm aware yeah we should do that we should do that study we should do that study oh yeah i'm just always doing academic studies in my free time me and you just like so I do think that now we're starting to see kind of like people catching up for sure. I mean, you also see like when you look at the women's field, like it has overall gotten faster. Like people are like that jump is being closed hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. What else did happened in Texas that was exciting? Was there any other favorite moments? Anything crazy, controversial? Oh, crazy, controversial. I did. I no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the press, the press conference like the pre the pre the pro panel that's what i'm thinking of mm. the pro panel two days before we put it on our iron women podcast page on the live video people should go and watch it if they want go to like the iron women podcast facebook page you'll find it so like andrew starkowitz was like trash talking um, shocking totally you know, shocking totally shocking and then uh both and then jocelyn was saying that she was going to run faster than him because she did in another race i forget where and then Daniela, it was great. Like people don't, I, I think people don't really see that Daniela really has a sense of humor and she, she uh, delivers lines without laughing or smiling. And sometimes they, they read her wrong, but she actually is like very funny, like dry witted. And she just kind of like, she just kind of said, you know, when, when someone's second language English, right. they get away with yeah, it. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she just said, she just said, I like to be quiet before the race and loud on the race course. And like in, <laughs> in response to Stark, he's like, blah, 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 right, right, his big right, mouth. Right. it was amazing. Yeah. That's so there, there's some good moments. There were some good moments in that, that, uh, pro panel. Starkey is pretty much exactly who you expect him to be in person. So mm-hmm. pretty much I did not hear though. I did hear that he gave a speech to the pro men at the start line about not drafting this year. Ooh. Uh, I heard that, but I didn't hear as much about drafting complaints after the race. Yes. So that did happen. That's actually a good point. We were sitting right there. There was like a press, what do you call it? Dock, right? So we were out on this dock, like right facing the start line. And actually it's actually on our, if you go to the iron women podcast, Instagram, it's on the highlight, the Ironman Texas highlight, the story okay. highlight where Starkey says something like, 
I challenge you. I challenge you all to a fair race. Let's have a fair race. I challenge you all to a fair race. He says it a couple of times. Um, like really loud. Like we could hear him clearly <laughs> sitting right there. I, I think he wanted you to, you know, <laughs> you think maybe, but I didn't really like last year obviously was a fucking shit show. You can go to our podcast from last year where we talked about how it wasn't even like a drafting problem. It was an overcrowding problem. There was literally these huge packs, hundreds of people. And I like, there's nothing you can do as an individual person at that point to solve that. Like it's, it's too late in the game to be making any kind of decision that's going to allow you to not draft. But I didn't hear that this year and I didn't see video of massive packs, like swallowing up people. What changed? So I don't know if you remember last year, but one of the funniest comments that that came out of Iron Man afterwards was that the, bike course was too dangerous to send right. out their draft marshals. <laughs> right. So Cause people were in these huge packs and so they couldn't. Right. There was the packs were so huge. They were blocking the whole road and it was too dangerous for the motorbikes. Right. And that actually was like, was really funny. Right. Because people were crashing. Like that was one of the major issues last year is that it was like, obviously also too dangerous for the competitors who right. like, there were a lot of crashes and injuries and stuff. So, which is like, and besides the drafting, obviously safety would I would say rank higher there. So what they did this year is they created a lane just for the motos. Um, they still didn't have any media motos out there. Uh, we were, we were bussed out to a place, to a bridge um, nice. to look over. So, but yeah, they, so they, they created that first of all, which I think is like, which I think helps. And also I did feel like we always talk about on the podcast, like, can you change culture? And I, and I did feel that there were enough people kind of like invested in like, let's have a fair rate. Like that was like, I just, I just felt like, like it was discussed. It had been discussed so much. And you know that it is like, like, obviously we think, I believe it's like a math problem. Like don't set people up to fail. Don't put too many people on a course right. where they have nowhere to go, but in someone's draft zone, like Iron Man should not be doing that. But there are personal choices too involved. And I think people made better choices this year. So you think we changed the culture, Sarah? Um, I think we slightly shifted culture towards a fairer race at Ironman Texas. You're like, go us. <laughs> See, we can change culture, Kelly. We just have to try. Okay. So speaking of changing culture, what, do, did you have anything else to say about Texas? No. Before I shift gears? No. Okay. You know who else is changing culture? No. No. Live Feisty Media. Oh, okay. I was like, where are you going do you with like, this? Do you like that transition? Um, I just want to say like, thank you to everybody who's given to our Patreon so far. It's been amazing to see people. Um, yeah, it's been like really touching actually for me to see people support what we're doing. So, um, thank you all. And we're going to be kicking off some of the Patreon the stuff that we're giving back to our patrons in May here. So, uh, if you want to help us out and give to our Patreon and join our community, um, it's live, no, it's patreon.com forward slash live feisty. And we'll put that in the show notes for you to link. Um, so thank you everybody for that. And while we're here making announcements, we have no, there'll be no new podcast next week. So we will repost uh, an older one that I'm sure you'll enjoy anyway. A classic. It'll be a classic. Okay. After the break, Kelly's going to tell us about a New York Times story about the sweet bus, right? Right. After this. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. 
That's ironwomen at noonlife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at livefeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, Sarah, so I gather you've never ridden on, well, I call them like the sweep bus, the sweepers. New York Times called it the shag bus, which I think is weirdly. The shag bus? Really weird. That but has it's the bus. Meaning. That's what I thought. But it's the one that comes back at the very back of the race, right? And picks up people who aren't going to make the cutoffs because they have to close the course. I've gathered you've never ridden on this bus. No, I've been, I, <laughs> when we talked about this just before we recorded, I was like, I've been in the ambulance a number of times. I feel like the, as, as in terms of like, levels like the ambulance is below that like when below the sweet yeah. bus the ambulance is like worse the sweet bus is like an interesting vibe. anyway the article is really good it's funny because basically it's like this race in florida that has like a pretty intense cutoff period so they are like aggressively out there in the bus like pulling people like you have to you like when they reach you you have to get on the bus is it a running race yeah yeah like across that big bridge the seven mile bridge i have been on the bus when you like when you drop out of a race like at Boston, I had to drop out because I uh, tore a muscle in my foot or whatever. And I wasn't healthy enough to to really be running a marathon. So I had to drop out. And then you have to wait, like, for a bus. And I, I didn't... And at Boston, it's like a whole fucking process. Like, I probably should have just tried to get a lift because it, like, took two hours, right? And that bus that picks up the people who are, like, dropping out, not to, like, humble brag, but, like, I was more towards the front, right? That is a fucking depressing bus. Like, those people, like, things went wrong. Mm. And, like, they are not happy. It's not, like, mm. a cheerful bus. Right. Right. So what did the New York Times have to say about it? Well, it was just very funny about this. Like, it basically just followed this bus down as they, like, caught people. And it's, like, a little more funny because, obviously, like, people are like, oh, this year I made it further before I caught the bus. And, like, the guy who, like, the sheriff who always leads the bus, like, tries to make, like, tries to obviously keep people's spirits up. My favorite, though, was one person, basically, when they were close to the finish and they were stopping to pick up somebody else, one person on the bus made a break for it, darted off the bus, and ran across the finish line. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Taking it to the extreme. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Okay. Here's up to say if anyone listening is making their goal not to be caught by the bus, you can reach out to me. I will send you personally a training program <laughs> so that if you follow it, you will be faster than the bus. You think so? Okay. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.